Hi, and welcome to the Sacred Heart Open Forum. My name is Joe Mike. I'm your host, and today I have with me... James Bona. Aiden Knapp. And Nate Stelmack. How are you guys doing today? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Doing well. Yeah, I'm with my cat, so you know, pretty great. And it's Friday. Is that too? True. Yeah, it is Friday. Well, we recently interviewed um, a sports reporter for the Republican American, well, not a regular reporter. He does it all. Um, Mr. Steve Barlow. And here is our interview with him. We wanted to thank him for letting us interview him. He did an excellent job. Enjoy. Hello. Today we have with us Mr. Steve Barlow. Hi. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you guys? We're good. Doing pretty well. I'm good. Doing well. Thank you. Yeah, not bad. Uh, Mr. Barlow writes for the Republican American, particularly sports. Is that right? Uh, yes. Yep. Mostly uh, high school. Uh, yeah, I saw that. I was looking through your articles and I read a few and most of them seem to be high school ones. When did you begin and what inspired your career in journalism? Uh, I became a journalist when I was in college, uh, and, and I didn't even go to college to be a journalist, but when I got to college, I wanted to have something to do uh, and a way to meet kids and like that, and so I thought I'd, I'd always done fairly well in English and high school and writing, and so I thought, well, I'll join the student newspaper, and uh, I showed up and introduced myself, and they said, do you like sports? And I said, yes, I do, and they said, congratulations, you're the sports editor. And it kind of just, you know, went on from there. And uh, a couple of years later, they uh, uh, were desperate enough that they made me the editor of the paper. And, you know, one thing led to another and I uh, wound up getting a job in a newspaper after I graduated. That's great. That's really, that's kind of how I feel like a lot of people fall into what they love, particularly. Is there a particular journalist who inspired you or does inspire you? Um, not one in particular. There, there's been several, uh, you know, over the years uh, that I've liked writing, um, but I can't, I can't put my finger on just one. Um, you know, I, I can look back like when I was a kid, like in sixth, seventh grade. Um, are you guys old enough to know what the Hardy Boys are? Oh, I love that series. Okay. When I was, when I, like I say, when I was around sixth grade or something like that, there was a series of uh, sports books uh, for kids. And there was a guy named uh, the, the hero, the fictional hero of this one series was called Chip Hilton. And he was the quarterback of the football team and the pitcher on the baseball team and the captain of the basketball team. And um, there were probably about 16, 17 books and I read every one of them, you know. So maybe that inspired me. I don't know. That's incredible. Now, Mr. Barlow, um, we're dying to know, did you play any sports in high school or college? Not competitively, no. I, you know, I mean, I, I played basketball, I played baseball like that, but I, I wasn't good enough. I really liked basketball. And uh, my problem there was I compensated for my lack of height by being really slow. And that's not a good combination in basketball. Yeah, it's usually the shorter guys are the fastest, huh? Yeah, and that was not me. If I may add, what, what was it, even though you didn't play competitive what was it that really made you decide to I know you mentioned the, the college but um 
you still had that passion for sports, even though it wasn't necessarily competitively um, a big part of your, you know, growing up? Well, I had two brothers for one thing. And, uh, you know, we would beat each other up on the basketball court and the football, playing touch football and things like that. Um, every morning when I, well, usually it was in the afternoon when I got home from school, I would read the sports section, you know, first off. And uh, so it just, you know, it just became part of my, it was just always a big part of my life. Yeah, that's relatable for me too. I, um, all through high school, I played soccer and like, I don't have any plans to, you know, try to go pro or anything like that or play in college, but it's definitely always going to be a sport that has a special place in my heart and one that I carry a love for. And I always make sure to keep up with like the top leagues in Europe. I like to know which teams are doing well and everything like that. So, yeah, I know that while I'm not, I may not play it anymore, like as much as I used to, or as seriously as I used to, I'll always have like a special place for it. I actually, I, I used to play pickup basketball games after I got out of college and like that. Um, and I did that through, I was like 48 when I finally decided, you know, Steve, you're just, you can't guard anybody anymore because I'm playing against 20 <laughs> year olds, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah. uh, I decided it was not fair to my teammates. So that, that kind of, but I still like going out and shooting baskets though. So. Obviously as a sports writer, you know, it's pretty clear that you, have an affinity for sports. So do you have a favorite sport to watch professionally or favorite team, anything like that? Probably college basketball. And, I, and I've always loved following UConn, uh, mm. UConn men's basketball. Back in the eighties, I, I actually covered them for seven years and that was a lot of fun. And, and that was before they, they were the, the dynasty, I guess. I mean, they were always good, but before Calhoun or right at the beginning of Calhoun, and those big um, national title runs and everything like that, right? Uh, he was hired, I think, like my fourth year on the beat. And uh, yeah, so they, I mean, they were, they were always finishing next last or next to last in the Big East, um, always kind of right there on the edge of, of being good. And, um, and within three or four years after he took over, um, you know, they, they became one of the best teams in the Big East. Do you have a favorite UConn memory, like watching or reporting or anything like that? Uh, there was my fourth year on the beat. And like I say, they had finished last or next to last every year up until then. And nobody really thought they were going to be that good. Well, it turned out they uh, won 30, over 30 games. They finished in the top five in the country. Uh, won the Big East, were a basket away from winning, uh, going to the Final Four. And I don't know if you've you ever heard of the shot by Tate George, where they threw the ball the length of the floor with one second to go, and he, mm. he hit a turnaround jumper right at the buzzer. Um, I was sitting there in the Meadowlands uh, on press row watch, and got to watch that. And so that's probably my favorite moment. Uh, so I can speak for my fellow hosts when I say that when we are publishing, whether it's an article or a podcast like this, we have a lot of, um, we need to clear it with the higher ups. So I was just wondering when you are publishing articles, how much freedom do you have in what you write and how you write it? I've never, I've never run into a lot of trouble in terms of uh, getting far as stories go. 
uh, a lot of it depends on what uh, I've been very fortunate that my editors and I have always had kind of the same idea as far as, you know, what's a good story and what isn't. Um, so I've never run into a lot of trouble in that regard. Uh, I, I know, I mean, I've worked with some guys and I listen to some of their story ideas and I think, no, nah, that's not going to fly. And, uh, but, but I've never had much trouble in, in terms of that. Um, very rarely has I, have I been told, you know, no, that's not a story or, you know, no, we're not going to publish that. Um, I mean, are you talking about like really controversial stories, things like that? I mean, we've had uh, some stories, we've had some stories at the paper that we've written and uh, that have been, you know, kind of uh, controversial and sometimes they have to get them past, you know, not necessarily stuff that I've written, uh, but stuff that other people have written where uh, they've had to get it passed by the lawyers, you know, to make sure it's not libelous and, and stuff like that. But me personally, I've never run into a big problem uh, with having them say, no, you can't write about this. Uh, I'm sure it varies. I know when I write for the school or a paper, it takes, it depends on what I'm writing, but how long on average does it take you to write an article? Are you referring to just the actual writing of the article? I mean, like research, interviewing, all oh, that, okay. everything. Yeah, I mean, that can take, you know, if you're if you're adding in the research and the interviews and collecting your data and stuff like that, um, depending on how extensive it is, it can take you uh, two, three days. Um, yeah. The actual writing doesn't take terribly long, depending on how, how in-depth the story is. The big thing is, uh, especially for news stories, is uh, collecting, is doing the interviews and the research. When it comes to like sports, um, if I go to a game to cover it, a high school basketball game to cover it, you know, it's like two hours or so to cover the game, get your interviews, and then I can, I can write a, a game story in a half hour, 45 minutes. You know, that doesn't take too long. And have you found that it's become easier over time? Like with uh, the, the longer you do it, the, the easier the process becomes, or is it kind of depend on the story, the, the process and, you know, finalizing the, the draft or the final um, piece? Uh, it definitely becomes easier as you go along. Yes. Um, and you probably, uh, it's like anything else. You'll learn little tricks and little, plus like, <laughs> as far as like getting your interviews and, and collecting your research, I mean, you just, you get experienced at stuff. And so when you're, if you've written one story and, Oh, you know, I went to, I went to this department, you know, to get this information or nowadays, of course, you know, Oh, I know this website that I can go to um, and, and, and get that information from as you do, as you do more stories later on, you don't have to think, where am I going to get that? You know where you're going to get it. Uh, and, and as far as writing goes, yeah, you just experience makes you faster. I think that goes for everything mm -hmm. too, honestly. Um, and with that time, you know, the time that you've spent, um, is there one article in particular that really stands out to you of your own that you you're most proud of that um, you feel is your best? Well, the most fun I had, I think, with one article was um, I was working in Montana at the time, and there was a, a guy who was running for the city council, 
and maybe two weeks before the election, I got a phone call and it was his ex-wife who was living in Georgia at the time. And she said, uh, I want you to know that uh, he owes $18,000 in child support payments. Oh my gosh. And I said, oh, really? <laughs> and so uh, I was able to call the state. I, I don't remember exactly what department it was, but I was able to call the state, uh, you know, people who handled that type of things. And sure enough, he owed $18,000 in child support payments. And uh, I went down and interviewed him and he was actually uh, talked with me quite extensively about it. But, uh, you know, he ended up losing the election, believe it or not. So. Scandals are always the most fun. Yes, yeah. Uh, Mr. Barlow, throughout your um, entire career as a writer, what would you say are some of the items that you can't live without? Coffee. Co like yeah, that, that's writers. a good one. I, right now, <laughs> I know I can't live without that. Me neither. Um, yeah, I mean, coffee is that. Uh, I mean, probably you know, pens, right? Pens and pens, pencils. Pens, notepads. <laughs> uh, you got to have a means to get around and like that. Uh, with the advancement of technology, like media and reporting has moved more online. What's your take on the decrease of print media and the increase of online media? Well, uh, I graduated from college in 1981. And if you owned a pretty, if you owned a printing press right then, it was probably because you owned a newspaper. And that was, that was the main way that people, including, you know, the government, um, civic organizations, et cetera, that was the way people disseminated information to the general public. Um, you had your TV stations also, but uh, believe it or not, back then there were only three TV stations. Um, so that was, you know, that was how you got your message out. The internet gives everybody a printing press, basically. Um, you know, everybody has a website nowadays. The, the big question is how do you, when there's, you know, 3,000, 3 million uh, websites and, and uh, Twitter accounts, et cetera, um, how do you get people to pay attention to yours is the big question. And uh, with the pandemic going on, do you see the pandemic as furthering the impact that uh, online media is having, like the stranglehold over print media? Uh, it's not going to help, but I mean, print media is going to die. Uh, I doubt any of you actually read a newspaper newspaper. Uh, I do. I still, I still think there's something special about it personally. The, the yeah. newspaper my, that my you actually did. open up and turn the pages. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In front of me, yeah, I'll me read too. It. Um, because I don't know many people your age. I don't know many people like age 40 and below, quite frankly. Uh, who, who read an actual newspaper. Even my older brother, who's 65, uh, about four years ago, he quit getting the print edition and um, uh, reads, reads it all, reads his local newspaper in Ohio online uh, on his iPad every morning. So, I mean, that's the big change. I, I like reading a newspaper in the morning. You know, that's me. Um, but I think, I think you guys like reading stuff on screens more than you do in print. Yeah, I suppose it's probably because like, you know, what we've grown up with, it's what we're used to. And like, um, probably right. the convenience factor too, just being able to open up your device and you have all those news stories at your fingertips. But I, I think yeah. that, uh, I don't know how what you would say about this, but like, um, all of these news outlets, um, they definitely would benefit if they would 
push to transfer a lot of what they do towards that online outlet. So for example, I know the Republican American does have a lot of um, pieces and everything online that many can access. And um, it's pieces about, you know, local news and everything like that. So I believe that still these, these news outlets that were primarily, you know, paper publications, they still have a place in this new environment. Yeah, the big, the big thing is, uh, how do you make money off of it? Uh, when, when I was a kid, you know, newspapers, the newspaper would be like 80 pages. The Sunday paper would be 200 pages. Now we're like 20, 24 pages. And that's because we don't have the advertising anymore. I know we all hear about COVID all day, every day. We're sick of it, but it's changing everything. You can't go like an hour without talking about it or thinking about it. So what are some unexpected struggles that COVID um, brought to the newspaper industry as a writer and as the industry as a whole too? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I can't think of any really unexpected struggles, but it, it obviously has brought on struggles. Um, most of my interviews now are online, whether it's, or, uh, or excuse me, are, uh, yeah, are either online like a Zoom call uh, or more often it's a phone call. And you don't really build, reporting is about building relationships with people. And you don't really build a relationship with somebody uh, as great as Zoom is. You don't build the same kind of relationship with, with somebody on a Zoom call that you do if you're sitting there with them, talking with them face-to-face -face and in person. Um, and, you know, and it, and it takes time over the years to, to develop, uh, you know, people who talk with you, know you, trust you, um, so that they think of you uh, when they have a story idea. Uh, we had a story in the, we had a story in the uh, sports section this morning uh, about a swimmer. I can't remember his name. I don't remember what school he went to, but uh, his local athletic director called me up a few weeks ago and said, hey, we've got this kid, you know, uh, you know, I think he'd make a really good story. And uh, so I mentioned it to one of the other guys I work with, and, and that's how we got the story. Other athletic directors that I, and I've known this athletic director for many years, other athletic directors that I, I don't know as well probably never would have called me up to, uh, to suggest that. Anybody know um, the name of that swimmer, by the way? Is it from Sacred Heart or from? Yes, it's you, Nate. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, I'm like, I don't know where I should take <laughs> I'm just guy. kidding. Seems I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we were told that you've started taking on some more um, non-sports related reporting as well. Yes, and, and that's another thing that's happened uh, since the pandemic um, now, like we used to, you know, a year ago at this time we had, um, you know, we would put out like four pages in the sports section every day, six pages on Sunday. Uh, we've, you know, they've reduced that. Uh, so we probably have, I mean, for the longest stretch there during the summer, we had no sports basically to cover, uh, locally. And a lot of the pro leagues were shut down and everything. So they cut us back to two pages now we have two or three pages most days. Um, so there, is, there isn't as much to do from, for sports. So uh, we lost a business reporter just as the pandemic hit. 
So they, they knew that I had done news before and they said, Steve, we need somebody to write a business feature every week. And so that's, that's one of the other things I do. And I also do some other uh, news stories for the paper. Um, what's that process like balancing, or is it just kind of just a different story, but kind of the same process? The, um, it's, it's basically the same busy. process. Mm-hmm. Uh, the writing is a little different. You know, you can get away with a little more opinion in a sports story. Uh, it's a little more fun to write. Um, you've got to be a little more objective. Um, I mean, you try to be objective in everything, but uh, what am I going to, I mean, what do I mean by that? Uh, you know, like, like maybe if I'm writing about a, a, a football game, you know, I'll, I'll compare the touchdown pass and say, you know, he threw a touchdown pass from the other zip code or something like that. You know, if it's a long pass, um, that kind of stuff that you can't get away with in a news story. Uh, now you've mentioned that being a reporter, it's all about building relationships. And you've also mentioned how you've been in the reporting sections and you've got to witness basketball games firsthand. But I was wondering what your favorite part about being a sports reporter or even just a reporter in general, what's your favorite part about it? Well, it's a lot of fun. And you get to write, uh, you get to meet a lot of different people. Um, you know, this morning I did a, uh, an interview with uh, some people from Wolcott. And uh, they're both cancer survivors. And they, uh, I, I won't get into all the details, but they, they ended up getting chosen to go out to a, uh, a PGA Tour uh, Champions uh, Tour event, event out in uh, Arizona next week. Um, and there's a tie in there between the, uh, the tournament event and uh, uh, colorectal cancer. cancer. And uh, I got to meet them and talk with them and, and listen to their uh, story. And uh, they were just very interesting people to talk to. So that's, I, I would say the best thing about it is the, the interesting people that you get to meet. Now, Mr. Barlow, obviously this year has been, this past year has been, uh, a lot different for many of us. Um, what would you say? How, how would you say your productivity has been affected? Has, has it stayed the same? Have you maybe struggled a little bit with it? Maybe hit writer's block along the way? Um, I would say my productivity has been about the same. I, uh, I mean, even before the pandemic, I was probably working a couple of days a week from home. And now I work four days a week from home and go to the office one day a week for a while there, like right after the pandemic hit, um, they, they put some, they installed some new software and like that. So we could do even more from home. And so for about three months, I, I was working exclusively from home, uh, doing some of the, like one thing I do for the newspaper besides writing stories is I do the pages. So like, if you look at the newspaper page in the morning, Somebody decides, all right, this is the big picture. This is what the headline's going to say. This is where this story is going to go, et cetera. And um, uh, I do that sometimes for the sports page. Um, that's a much easier job to do at my office on the computer there as opposed to my laptop here at home. Um, but right now, back in June, they said, okay, you can come back into the office. So since, since June, I, I go into the office on Saturdays to do the pages. 
So you already had some experience working from home. It wasn't really like a big change for someone of like your career. Yeah, not not a big change. I mean, it is again um, like I don't get to see the people that I work with though, like I used to. And again, that to me, that's a big help. Um, some newspapers going exclusively uh, having their people work from home. The Hartford Current here a few months ago uh, shut down their newsroom completely, and all their staff people are now going to just going to work from home exclusively. I don't particularly think that's a great idea because I, I like sitting next to my coworkers and we sit there and we, I mean, you know, we we talk about a lot of stuff and we bounce ideas off of each other, and um, you know, I, I'm on the phone with them a lot now also. But again, it's just it's not the same as you know, sitting next to somebody for, for seven hours. We all play sports at Sacred Heart or um, participate in sports. Uh, and so we know the changes that COVID has brought to those. I was wondering what you think about the other levels, like Little League to college to professional. What do you think COVID's really brought? Um, what changes do you think COVID has brought? Well, one big change is there are no home games anymore. Yeah. Uh, this is I, I, I've covered a couple of UConn games and um, uh, we, of course, have to do it. You, you, I, I go to I, I actually go to the to Gamble Pavilion and I'm there watching from the stands. But we're a long ways away from the court. And afterwards, you they have a Zoom call and that's where the, the coaches and the players press conferences are. And uh, but the players and the coaches have all said you know, it's kind of like a home game because, well, we're a little more familiar with it and we're not on the road and, you know, staying in a hotel and like that. But there's no real cheering from the crowd, from the fans. They have to, you know, create their own energy. I'm sure you guys, uh, it's the same thing for you uh, on your teams. Uh, you, you miss not having your students there cheering for you. Yeah, the atmosphere definitely wasn't the same this year with the limited amount of fans we could have. Uh, do you have any other, any advice to give to reporters either in general or just in reference to the pandemic? Or aspiring journalists who are interested in the career? Um, I'm, I'm very, I'm not optimistic uh, about the future of journalism to be very honest with you, um, because I'm not sure, I'm not sure how you make money at it anymore, you know, and, and I, I, that may sound crass to you, um, but it's a reality. 25 years ago, I was at a seminar and they asked me this question and I got it wrong. And I'll ask you guys this question. What, what business am I in? I'll give you five seconds, three, two, one, any, anybody got any suggestions? News business. The news business. Wrong. That's, that was my guess. Wrong. And somebody will say, somebody, somebody will think about it. When I ask this of other people, they'll, 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 they'll think about it and they'll say, oh, you're in the communications business. Now, again, I'll say no. And the answer is we're in the advertising business because that's how we make our money. Yeah. And that's how my salary gets paid. And that's how the truck drivers who deliver the papers get paid, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, 
the advertising dollars are spread around so much, um, or they've gravitated to Facebook, uh, Google, Twitter, um, things like that. And again, I don't know how many of you guys pay t- for any of the websites that you visit. Uh, I don't. Um, and again, that's, you know, big papers like the New York Times, the Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, um, they actually make more money now. They have such uh, so many digital subscribers. They actually make more money from subscriptions than they do from advertising right now. Um, but that those are the rare those are the rare uh, media outlets that do that, that are, that, you know, um, for a, for a smaller paper, like the Republican American, that's, that's still not the case, even though we have many more digital subscribers than we used to. Um, that's just not the case. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would just, I would tell reporters, you know, uh, be persistent, be, uh, uh, energetic, uh, don't be shy. Um, and one thing don't, don't worry about being told no. I've been told no any number of times in my career. No, nah, we don't want a story. No, I don't want to talk to you. Um, you know, without being obnoxious, you just need to be persistent, though. Jill, do you have any more questions? I don't. I just wanted to know if Mr. Barlow had anything to add, anything he wanted the people of Sacred Heart and the listeners of the open forum to hear. You know, one thing I would say, the, the, the good thing about, you know, this, uh, uh, this explosion of media is um, it does give all sorts of different people uh, a chance to express themselves who 25, 30 years ago didn't get the chance to express themselves for, for various reasons. And uh, like I say, there's good and bad, you know, with everything. You guys, I was never doing anything like what you guys are doing when you were, when I was in high school. Um, one thing when I was, in, do you guys have to have your podcast? To, does the, does the principal have to listen to the podcast? The newspaper advisor does. Newspaper advisor does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause we had to have, you know, we had to have our paper, in high school, they had to have the paper okayed by the principal before it would go into print. Um, mm-hmm. In college, that changed. We we took it to the printer and and uh, just happened. It just happened. Sometimes the administration didn't like some of the stuff that we printed, but, but they were very good. They were very good about letting us uh, exercise uh, freedom. Well, I think that's all we have for you today, and I just want to say thank you for thank you. Take- yes. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you for much. taking taking time out of your day to just sit down with us and talk with us and answer our questions. And this has been the Sacred Heart Open Forum. Thank you.